What's up, what's up, y'all? This is Dave. And this is Devin. And you're listening to the Dave and Dev Podcast. Dave and Dev. Gotta keep it real like Dave and Dev. On my job like Dave and Dev. Tell no lie like Dave and Dev. Some days I wanna stay in bed, but I get ready for the day ahead. I wanna complain, but I pray instead. Then I'm on my way to the Dave and Dev. And it go like, I don't need a crew. Don't play by he say, she say rules. Don't play, no, we can't do. I'd rather have faith while G-O-D make moves. So please stay cool. All, all I do is speak the truth on things I see they do. I'm a sinner myself. No lie, I need grace too. We lit like EKU. Yeah. What's up? Good morning, Devin. Yo, what's going on, Dave? How you been, man? Man, I'm good. Happy to be on the podcast. Saturday morning, August 15th. Hey, shout out to my stepdad, Sam the Man. It's his birthday today. I gotta go call yeah, him. Hey, Stan, happy birthday, man, from the from Dave and Dev. Yeah, man, you get you get an official podcast shout out, so you know it's real. Stan uh, is the chillest man in the world. <laughs> That's the biggest fact of all time. <laughs> I've never seen that man stressed about anything. <laughs> this is this is true. This is true. Uh, I know he's loving that that sports are coming back. Uh, poor guy. He's he's a big Reds fan, you know, like me. But uh, I know he's sitting there struggling with how the the season's up and down. So, <laughs> uh, all right, man. Quick before we get into everything, have a little update on our hip hop contest. Dev looks like Titus Haskins has been overthrown as the current king of the hill. Man, why don't you tell the people who won this week's Instagram hip hop? All right, this week's new champion is Shando with his song All Glory. Remember, if you want to challenge the throne, send us an email at davendevpodcast at gmail.com. Dave, play that track. Let's get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, I'm checking the balance, prices go up so I talk to a captain, numbers is rising, can't pay with my talent, that drip running out, that boy needing the fountain, faith of a seat and I'm moving these mountains, do all my things, chuck a deuce and I'm bouncing, lyrics come easy, homeboy, it's astounding, I am so free, make it clearer than dust Water get gold on my tea. Gold on my tea. Hop out the Uber, hop out the whip. Speak yelling my god, then I'm busting your lip. He told me so down and start watching my temp. I wrestle with God, so I walk with a limp. You swear you the best, and I swear you a simp. Game kinda fishy, cocktail with the shrimp. Hopping on tracks when I'm needing a vent. He sucked in my heart, then he broke the cement. I'm like, uh, yeah, my god is so sovereign. Sovereign, uh. Took me on my coffin. Now when you see me, I'm a dead man walking. walking. But my action, no talking. Lot of y'all capping, I know that y'all lie. All of my dead, I just shift to the sky. Should've been dead, but it wasn't my time. And all praise and all glory to the one that's most high. I'm like, yeah, all glory, all glory, all to my king. Look at my guy, he died in a tree. Look at my soul, he was setting me free. Yeah. All glory, all glory, all to my king. Look at my guy, he died on a tree. Look at my soul, he was setting me free. Yeah, all glory, all glory, all glory, all glory, all 
glory, all to my king. Yeah, all glory. Yeah, all glory. Yeah, all glory, all glory, all to my king. All right, Devon. That listen, I'm I'm loving this this hip hop contest. I'm excited to to keep going with some different stuff, and I know you got tons of ideas in the works. So I'm I'm a happy camper. Yeah, I'm excited for for what the future holds for that. And I mean, I I love that a lot of local artists are getting involved in it. For sure. All right, man. Well, let's uh let's go ahead and introduce our guest for the day. I'm super excited to to have this conversation with my guy Michael Borden. Michael, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, man. Uh, well, I am a local resident of uh, Indianapolis. Uh, live on the west side. Um, west side. You know it. Um, <laughs> graduated from Ball State University uh, in 2007. Um, so, you know, when you all talk about college sports, I have no clue what you're talking about because I went to Ball <laughs> State. Um, sure. Chirp, chirp, that. though. Yes, that is the hey. only thing we do, we do at Ball State is chirp. Hey, chirp. one of my best friends was a four-year starting <laughs> offensive lineman at Ball State, all Mac. Dude's a, wow. dude's a beast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was at school, though, we couldn't win a game. So Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, was, you, it was uh, you left different... right before the good years. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I am married. I have two beautiful children. Um, my daughter just turned 11 yesterday. Um, which makes me feel super old. Um, <laughs> I, I am a teacher. I've been a teacher for the last, uh, this is my 14th year in education. Um, kind of run the gamut of, uh, you know, public school, charter school, um, you know, worked for at one point in time, the number one school district in the, in the state. Um, and I've been in my, my current position for like the last four years um, and loving mm-hmm. every minute of it. So that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. Well, we are super excited to have you on, Michael. Um, having gotten to know you for the last uh, seven months, uh, specifically <laughs> the last like four months, uh, has been a has been a great pleasure and joy. So uh, it, the other, I think it's been a few weeks now, but me and Devon were talking. And I was like, man, we we just got to get this guy on. Like he's got such a cool <laughs> perspective. Uh, you know, and then especially as the the conversations for the last month or so have ramped up around, you know, coronavirus and the school, uh, school starting back, you know, because you, know, you guys just started back school and it's been the first time since March, like 10th or something. I mean, it's been it's been months. So um, how how has that been for you kind of um mentally like what's been your thought process as a teacher and as a parent of students going to schools like what's this time been like for you uh as you've navigated that um i mean it's been a little stressful um not gonna lie like just the kind of the uncertainty the unknown um you know because it was i mean there were several weeks where it was like are we gonna start are we not gonna start um and just not giving a clear like path or direction on on what we're going to do um and then once decisions finally started coming down from you know state government kind of a deal um like i know my specific district like we we've knocked it out of the park like you know we've had um several things put in place that have just you know made it like super safe um giving kids options to stay home if they they feel like needing to stay home um it's not been perfect by any means but it's definitely been um it's definitely been a little bit smoother than I anticipated it. Um, my own kids going back, like my wife was super stressed. Um, I'm kind of a, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm more of a laid back kind of person. Like I'm just like, you know, we roll with it and do what we got to do. And then when something happens, we'll, we'll address it then. Uh, but yeah, she was super stressed with him going back. Uh, my son started kindergarten. So it's like his first time ever being in like a school yeah, so that, that's a lot already that you go yeah. to kindergarten and now in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Um, and then, like, he went to preschool last year, so, like, he's kind of used to the, the whole day deal or whatnot. But um, just, you know, is he going to wear his mask the whole time? Um, and my son's a little crazy. Like, he's just a little nuts. Um, so, I'm like, <laughs> like he's he's going to be the kid that's, like, licking the plexiglass that they've put up to, to keep him <laughs> – 
healthy and safe. Like he's going to be like, you know, Willy Wonka. The schnozberries taste like schnozberries. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just been, it's been a, it's definitely been an interesting, um, an interesting time. Uh, definitely the, the most interesting um, first few days in my career. I can honestly say that. So, yeah. So you guys are meeting in person. Like, right? yes. Yeah, so we are doing, um, we're doing an in-person um, so I've got like 22 students that I meet with in person, like a regular school day. Um, and then I am doing um, reading for the online class. Um, so we have about 30 students that opted to stay home. Um, and then I, I put all my kids on the bus and I go back inside and I teach for another hour um, via Google Meet. Gotcha. And, so that so to, that that, pit, that pits more work on you as a teacher. Yes, um, to an extent. So I have um, I've tried to do as much digital this year as I can, um, yeah. in class and online. Um, a, I don't I don't want papers going back and forth if I can avoid it. Um, just again to keep people safe, healthy, whatnot. Um, and two, like you know, I mean, we I was not expecting in March for for me to get the call saying you know, school shut down. Like you can't come in. Um, we're not doing anything in the building. Um, so I, I want the, if, if that flip, that switch gets flipped again, um, you know, I, I want to be able to, to continue doing what we're doing just, um, at home essentially. So yeah, being able to pivot. I mean, that's really important. Yep. And that's been, so my biggest concern about these, uh, about the decisions on school opening and whatnot, and I think that what you described with your school is is probably the, one of the best that I've heard so far. But uh, I, I'm always concerned about the the most vulnerable. Yep. And so, mm-hmm. like the kids who, I know it's 2020 and it's hard to think about this, but the kids who don't have access to the internet, or yep, the kids who have to take care of their little sibling a little, like because you know their parents have to work, or you know the single the single parent that can't have their kid home all day just like i think about those and so i think that you know you all doing kind of the parents make their own decision thing is really is really cool actually yep and, and the best thing is like our our administration is very much um you know do what's best for kids um so whatever is going to accommodate them you know do that because that's I mean, that's ultimately what our job is, right? Is we're, yeah. we're supposed to do what's best for kids. Um, yeah. And so, you know, if I have to meet with parents at seven o'clock at night, um, you know, to go through homework or to, to help their kid out with, with, I mean, that's, that's my job. That's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, and, and I don't view like teaching has always been for me. It's been a, it's more of a missions field yeah. than, uh, than a career. Um, so like, and ultimately I spend more time with these kids than I do my own kids, um, during the week. So in a sense, they are my kids, like they're, they're my babies too. And, um, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to, to make them be successful. Yeah. So you mentioned school buses, uh, <clears throat> you put them on the, the school buses. So what, what do you yep. all do? Like, are they socially distant on a school bus? Cause I can't imagine like a, a socially distant school. Like, what does that look like now? Yeah, so they, um, I mean, it's still, it's as socially distanced as we can have, um, obviously assigned seats so that they can contact trace and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we're not like before it was like three to a seat. Um, you know, now we're down to it's two to a seat. I mean, so they, they've cut down some stuff there, running some extra routes to make sure that um, there's not as many kids on a bus as there has been in the past. Um uh, wearing masks while they're on the bus, uh, uh, they have to wear the mask the whole time. Um, so I mean, that's kind of—it's not a great situation. I mean, it's not like a you know an ideal situation, but you know you're doing the best that you can with what you've got. So yeah, yeah. I think it's a. Uh, I agree with Devon. I think <clears throat> it's um, that, that's always been my biggest concern is the most vulnerable of the students and of and of the teachers. I mean. Because obviously, as a teacher, you say that, you know, that's your mission field and you, you got to do what's best for the children. And I think there's obviously concern for the teachers as well. I was actually talking about this with Devin the other day. Um, I listened to the uh, Ann Campaign's podcast uh, from 
about two weeks ago, I think, at this point. And uh, Justin Gibney made a really good point about, like, just as Christians, like, how he urges us to, like, not be so one-sided on this issue um, and, and a lot of issues, but just really being think- thoughtful of both ends of the spectrum, right? Because if you're so one-sided that school should 100% be open, every student should be in a school and they should be in a classroom and they should be, you know, full tilt, then, like, you're really – punting on the fact that there's a virus and that there's issues and that like there's uh you know teachers out there there's parents out there that could potentially contract the virus because of their student being in school and you know there's there's some real health concerns with that uh but then on the flip side if you're so 100 percent gung-ho for virtual and the kid's not going to school then you're punting on the fact that there's the least of these. There's kids that they rely on the school for meals. They rely on the school for an escape from maybe even abusive situations um, at home. And uh, the school is their safe haven in a way. And there's teachers like you out there, Michael, that are shepherding and leading these students that like, they're not going to get anywhere else. Right. And so it's just one of those things that if, if you're listening to this podcast, like I, I always urge and uh, press on you to think, and I want you to be mindful of all of your neighbors, right? Not just right. the ones that fit into one of those molds, right? Or not just the ones that's you know, not just your family, right? And, and obviously you got to do what's best for your family. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? But like, don't just be so one-sided on the issue that you're losing sight and losing track of the fact that there's people out there that, they fit into one of those other categories. Right. So right. Um, anyway, I just wanted to make that side comment and uh, shout out to the end campaign for that um, kind of insight and that thought process that really helped shape it for me. Like, Hey, I, I don't feel comfortable or confident saying one way or the other right, uh, fully. <laughs> and I'm also grateful that at this moment in time, I don't have to make that decision for my kids. You know, neither of my kids are school age and um, I, I feel fortunate that, I don't have to worry about that at this moment. But, uh, you know, my next question for you, Michael, is how are you navigating um, or have you had to navigate parents that are, you know, questioning the school's decisions that here or there, or I guess where your school's kind of letting parents decide? Um, have you guys had to ha- navigate any of those conversations or? Um, not really. I mean, my my administration does a really good job of like, kind of filtering all that through um sure. so that we really can just focus on our kids and um you know i think there there have been some questions um you know and there have been some some individuals that you know maybe not treat the the online um you know with the same kind of respect as like maybe being in class um or kind of wanting to go back and forth like you know this week it's convenient I'm going to send my kid to school next week. It's not as convenient. So I'm going to keep them home. Um, You know, but they've done a really good job of navigating through that of, um, you know, making sure that people understand expectations and whatnot. Um, So not really. I mean, we haven't really had those conversations. Um, You know, if you ever need any, (laughs) any entertainment, you can just jump on like any of the, like the town chatters on Facebook, Um, you know, and then everybody's an uh, an expert and on everything education so God, right that has um, been the so we... one thing this <laughs> pandemic that has really irked me is that everyone is everyone knows everything about science everyone uh-huh. is a politician everyone is an educator now so, okay all right yeah people relax a little bit like, <laughs> we don't have to be we don't have to be a jack of all trades we right really don't we, we can really just focus stay in our lane and it's okay to say i don't know i don't know the right. answer to that yep I didn't know you could do that. (laughs) 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 No. And and so I almost kind of pose the same question to you, Devin, like, you know, kind of being somebody that works in um, education at a, at a government level, like what are those, I I mean, obviously as much as you can, like what are those types of conversations looking like in the state of Kentucky right now? Like, I think it it varies by by district. Um, Sure. We let let each district and county uh, make their own decisions on that. Gotcha. Because I had seen some people like kind of up in arms, like I don't think that the governor should be able to make regulations around, you know, when people go back to school and all this stuff. And I I was under the impression that he wasn't trying to do that. I thought he was just making recommendations. 
Um, but I, I was un, unaware or unsure. Yeah, that yeah, I think that's I think that's what he's doing. <laughs> Look, man, I, listen, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to get by day to day at this point. I'm just sure, back. sure. I think that's uh, I think that's probably one of the most uh, important things you could do <laughs> at this, <laughs> like, at this mean, moment. When people, I, I mean, I, I do get like people ask me like, "What's going on?" Every sure, like, man. I we can talk NBA bubble. I'm just I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the like the least stressful thing that's going on in my life right now. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. I mean, I we were talking about this before we started recording, but the spotlight on education. Um, I think. I think it's been a good thing for the last few years. I also think the polarization of it has also made a bunch of people that have no um, uh, background with it uh, become some sort of, uh, I, I don't even know what, how you want to call it, but they've become some sort of know-it-all about what's going on in public education uh, to try to make decisions when, I really just want to hear from like people that are in public education, private education. <laughs> like I, I want to know like people that have boots on the ground versus people that like have high school degrees and uh, <laughs> right. they, they're Facebook warriors, you know, but um, you know, I think, I think it's just a, a really interesting time right now for, for education in general with kind of people questioning it um, and being it spotlighted. And then you, you throw COVID in there and it, it makes a whole world of a difference. Yeah. Hey, Mike, let me ask you this question real quick. Is uh, yeah. I know like your school may not have sports, but does like, are, is the high school in your area, are they playing sports this fall? Uh, uh, attack on that. As of right now. Yes. Um, oh, so okay. they, <clears throat> they, Originally, we're going to shut it down, um, and I think a lot of the superintendents um, from the area like met with the Marion County Health Department um, and just kind of like said, "Look, like these are things that we need to." I mean, a it's a money maker. I mean, like that you get you get a lot of funds from from sports or whatnot, um, but b like these kids need a sense of normal. Um, yeah. You know, some of these these guys are seniors and it's their last year. Um, whether they're on track for scholarships or whatnot. I mean, so it's kind of an important deal. So they, they kind of backtracked a little bit and said they're going to they're gonna attempt it. Um, but we'll kind of see how it goes. I mean, I've, I've not heard of anything being, being completely shut down yet. Let me ask you, like, your personal opinion on this. Do you think that, like, how important are sports to, like, to the community? Like, <clears throat> what, like what do you think in, in, in a time like this, like – do you think that like do you think they should be playing sports or do you think we should just hold off on it? Um I think and I'm asking you I'm asking you to be the, the doctor right now. I'm sorry about <laughs> yes, that. Yes, yes, <laughs> I'm Dr. Borden now. Um Dr. No, Dr. I, Fauci uh, Borden. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like Dr. Fauci actually. Um no, I I think the most the, the most normal we can make it for these kids, um the better. Um like I just I really feel like any kind of sense of normalcy, normalcy routine um, that we can get for them, the the better it's going to be for them. Um, now, I don't think we need to pack the stands with, you know, 150, 200 parents watching, you know, the, the games. I don't think we need to have like, you know, a bunch of little kids running around and, and all of that. I mean, I think we still need to be safe and smart and socially distanced and, and whatnot. Um you know, so I, I, if you're limiting it to like, you know, just one or two parents coming to watch the games, um, I, I think that would work. Um, but I, I really think like a sense of normalcy. I mean, the pandemic's not going anywhere for a while. I don't think. I mean, personally, yeah. I, I don't, I don't see it going away. Um, and at some point in time, we just have to say, okay, look, it's here. We're gonna have to deal with this. Um, but we can't, we can't just all stay in our houses and you know be afraid all the time as well so yeah that may so be an unpopular opinion but no i think it because well indianapolis for one has been like the king of aau tournaments right now for, for basketball like everyone is it seems like someone's going to indianapolis every weekend to play yep. because yep. you either indianapolis or fort wayne because i just see everyone is just because you guys are like the one state close to here that is actually opening up to play sports um and i don't know what the numbers are 
you know, who, who, who tested positive or whatnot from these tournaments. But, I mean, you guys are doing it. And I think that you bring up a good point. Like, the sense of normalcy is actually beneficial to, to kids right now. Right. Um, I, like, personally, I coach a team, and I got a bunch of seniors on my team right now. I think I got, like, 10 seniors. <clears throat> wow. And they, like, this is everything. Like, what the decisions that the state makes is everything to them. Because, I mean, and they pay attention to the news, like I said, more than I do. Because they want to know, are they going to have a season this year? And I know, you know, basketball is, is a couple months away. But they're just hoping that they get something. Right. If they can play. Yeah. I mean, I know from, like, a family standpoint. So, my, um, my little cousin um, played ball in high school. Her, her senior year was last year. Um, and she was like, I mean, she was really good. Like she broke all kinds of Hendricks County, County records, um, school records, um, like leading scorer in the, in the County for both boys and girls. Like, I mean, wow. she's, she's really good. Um, but you know, she got to finish her season, uh, her senior year, thankfully. Um, but you know, she missed out on, um, the all-stars. She missed out on like the Indiana. I can't remember the name of it. It's like some big big game she she'll probably hit me the next time I see her because I couldn't remember it but um but like she missed out on all that because of like everything got canceled and so it's kind of like she she achieved her goals she achieved her dreams but then like it kind of just got pushed back and yeah um and which is crazy because we're thinking about like in March we freaked out because we had no idea what this was and so now we're in August, we have a little bit of a better idea of what what's going on here, and so right. so like the the initial reaction I kind of get, like I understand, but like I mean personally right now, like I don't. So, so here's the, here's the argument that I would have against this COVID stuff is that we don't know the long term the long term effects on kids if they get this. And, and of right. course, we want them to be safe. Like you said, you spend more time around uh, your students than your own kids. So, in, in some sense, you feel like they, they are like you're responsible for them. And so, right. no one no one wants a kid hurt. But at the same time, like I, I have to I have to like legitimize the argument that kids under like what any pretty pretty much people under thirty are hardly getting this. Right. I think I read a stat the other day, like in the in the United States, the people who have died from COVID under the age of uh, like thirty has been it's been like one hundred and fifty one people total. Right. Which is a which is a crazy crazy stat to me. But like, okay, well that's the stat, and I, I don't want to be so morbid about this, but we had to take that into consideration that they're really not getting sick as much as other populations of people. Right. But then the other argument that like. I mean, we we don't know. Maybe these kids have been kind of distant from each other for a while. Yeah, I mean, I know my my personal kids. Like, this is the healthiest they've ever been because <laughs> we I mean, we've not been around anybody. So yeah, like you know, there's been no colds. There's been no. I mean, I'm, I say that now. My son's gonna wake up with something because I just said it. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's just been weird, and and that's the I think that's the most frustrating thing with all this is like we don't know i mean nobody's ever lived through something like this and so you know we're making decisions and and trying to do the best that we can but you know we're making the right decisions and there's just there's a whole lot of unknowns and it's just very i don't know it's kind of frustrating to an extent because there's really nothing better we can do yeah well i think you said you said it right there like we're doing the best we can right and that's that's the truth i i think like I'm just a I'm just a couch quarterback in this because I don't make decisions for, for right. anyone. So like me looking at different states making decisions, it's like I may not agree with it or I may fully agree with it, but I have to understand that they're doing the best they can. Right. No one's intentionally trying to hurt their own people. That's not a good look on them. Right. So yeah. So I mean that's that's good. I mean, the the one thing that I've seen that works and. And like I've seen, I've you know, Facebook is crazy. This is where I get my like my dose of like if I want really want to get a hot take, I go to Facebook. And so uh, <laughs> one the, the one thing I've seen is like, well, the bubble works. Why can't we just do a bubble thing for high school sports? Like, 
Do you know how expensive that would be to get? Oh, be outrageous! <laughs> yeah, like we can barely afford the books we have now. You want a bubble? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that's the answer. I mean, I, I can see like the, you know, college basketball, college, you know, some other college sports that could do bubble, you know, stuff. And college campus is a little bit different, so I guess that's a little more possible, but. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't see that being the answer for high school uh, students. Yeah, I mean, would you want to be in a bubble with a bunch nope. of high school boys? I would absolutely not. Like, no. I'm telling you right now, I don't. I don't even want. I hardly even want to be in practice with my high school boys. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. So, Michael, my question for you is: is you know, as as <clears throat> Christians, like, what are your thoughts on how we engage issues? like these like how like what advice would you give to to christians that may or may not be parents and that are just navigating the thought process of of these issues um i mean just the same thing that we've been given right i mean i think grace is the the biggest thing um you know grace and understanding and knowing that um you know for some people this is a really big like this is a really big deal like they're very very concerned about it um, you know, and then you have the other end of the spectrum where people are just like, ah, it's a big hoax. Um, you know, and I think just showing grace to both of those individuals, like, um, you know, I may not agree that, you know, we have to wear a biohazard suit everywhere we go and we, you know, we can't like look at people cause we might get sick. Um, but on the same token, like it, it I don't think it's a hoax. I don't think, I, I think it is a really serious uh, concern. Um, but I think as Christians, we need to we need to show each other grace, um, you know, and just understand that um, if, if you're going to wear a mask, you know, that you're going to wear a mask. Um, I think right now everybody has to wear a mask in our state, at least like it's a mandate. Um, but just and not and not ridiculing, not, um, you know, looking down on or, or trying to start an argument with it. Um, I think just understanding that, that people right now are afraid. Um, people right now have a sense of fear. Um, and we need to just kind of shine that light of, of Jesus on that. Um, mm. because ultimately he's the one that can take away the fear. He can, um, you know, calm hearts and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that would be, that would be my go-to as a Christian is just grace and understanding. Yeah. And mm. the one thing that I've seen is that like I, <clears throat> I heard in church the other day that like God is so sovereign. He could take away this virus right now if he wanted to, but there's mm-hmm. like, what like right there's a reason why we're in this we're in this season for right now and like we're still called to glorify him in all in in all seasons so uh my question i got a question for you michael is that uh what does it look like to be to be subject or to submit to the governing authorities in this season as a christian for you uh well i mean jesus paid his taxes right so i mean he don't I mean, say that. You're gonna get some people upset. <laughs> I mean, he, get some people upset. Well, I mean, he did. I mean, like you know, I mean, he you know rendered the Caesar what is Caesar's, and um, you know, so I think we we do have to follow what the government says, I mean, whether we like it or not. Like, I think it's um, you know, it is the right thing to do. Um, so if I and, and so like if I'm grumbling, like if I'm complaining about what the government does. <clears throat> is that being is that submitting or is that not like can I still complain about it and do it? Oh, I think I think you wholeheartedly can still complain about it. I mean, like <laughs> I, you know, decisions come down the the pike for us, and I'm like, you know, I don't agree with that at all. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's dumb. I think you know if we could do it this way, and it would be much better. Um, but ultimately, my my go to phrase is that's above my pay grade. Like I don't get to make that decision because I I don't make the big bucks. Um, so we'll, we'll follow along with what they say to do. And then if, and when it blows up in their face, then we'll, we'll go in a, another route and try something different. Um, I'm, I'm a very like go with the flow kind of guy. Like I don't, I don't get like super like my way or the highway kind of a deal. Um, unless it's something I'm really passionate about, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think we have, we have the ability to, to grumble and, you know, and not be ha- I mean, uh, my wife always says like, do everything with joy, you know, to our kids. And, um, you know, I don't think that means we have to like do a little happy dance every time we do something we don't like. Um, 
but I, I do think we have to do it. I mean, ultimately, I think that's the, the authority. I mean, if ever, if God is sovereign on, on every aspect, right? So he's sovereign on, on who is in control right now and who is, who is in the government. Um, so yeah, I think we, we submit to that and, and do what they're asking us to do. Um, but I, I, I do think we have that right to protest if we need to, or to, um, you know, to voice our concerns, I think would sure. be a, a better way of saying that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're spot on. <clears throat> Uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago in our podcast with with uh, Dr. You know Dan Bennett is the importance of engaging and being mm-hmm. you know and having that like, hey like, I have this opinion I have this voice and allowing different you know uh, people to speak into that and learn and grow in our opinions and in our uh, thoughts and values and and morals and how we vote and how we engage in yep. uh, in politics but at the same time it's at, hey as, as long as you know it's not going directly against what the Bible says. Like, unfortunately we should probably, you know, submit and, and yep. do the best we can with that. So Michael, really quick, I want to shift gears uh, to something uh, else here for, for one second, kind of staying in the, the lane of being a teacher, but um, mm-hmm. a different aspect of it, I guess. So obviously for the last uh, three to four months, I mean, we've been polarized by as a country, by protesting, by, you know, discussions of racial inequality and things like that. And I know that for a a long period of time during your teaching career, you were in predominantly black schools. Mm -hmm. And so in that space, being a white guy from (laughs) Brownsburg, Indiana, uh, and and being in the spaces of um, predominantly black schools, like, how has that shaped your view on these issues? Um, I mean, I, I've kind of seen it firsthand, right? Like, so uh, thankfully, the schools that I were at, like, it wasn't as prevalent. Um, but, you know, there were teachers that were like, oh, well, you know, this kid did this. He's going to be in, in a lot of trouble this white kid over here that got away with it like you know i mean so there was that aspect of it too um i mean not not a whole lot um but there was that aspect to it um but i just you know when you drive down the the street in that in those areas and you just see um you know just the the vast difference of what what these people these these children have to live in like their circumstances um and then you drive over to the west side and you see something completely different um, it, it's hard not to see that there, there's some sort of, there's something going on that, you know, makes us uncomfortable to talk about. Um, but we got to talk about it. I mean, that's the ultimate thing that we have to do. Um, I think we, as Christians, we're called to talk about it. Um, I know that's an unpopular statement too, but, um, <laughs> like, I just, like, we have to look at this, um, and, and view it as kind of a, there should be an alarm going off right now on how do we fix this? How do we get that? And I'm not going to claim to know like all of the answers, right? Like I'm not an expert on any of this. Um, but I, I feel like we got to do something and I feel like the church needs to to step up and do that as well. Yeah. The church is being the vehicle for the, the, the change. I mean, really right. that, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, another problem within our communities is the housing crisis. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that uh, in, in big cities like Indianapolis and Louisville and Lexington, um, obviously the Louisville, Lexington being some smaller examples, but um, you know, the fact that you can't live in these cities and, and in any sort of condition that's favorable uh, without right. having a job where you make, you know, a lot of money. Right. Because right. Oh yeah. Because the, the housing is so expensive. I mean, you look at these houses that are, um, you know, near downtown Indianapolis and they're run down and um, <laughs> they're still charging, you know, eight, nine hundred, ten, you know, a thousand dollars for rent. And it's like, that's not even livable. Right. Like you, like you can't you can't live there. Right. And so it's just one of those things that you know, th- there's a problem that's. Uh, you know, pushing people out of the communities that they live in and 
um, it, it affects everything. And so as Christians, we need to be aware of that. And from the church's perspective, it starts with us. You know, it starts with us and how we, you know, fight for policies that that help improve the quality of life for everyone in our areas. Right. I think right. that's I think that's a very baseline statement. Wouldn't you agree, Devin? I, I mean, I would say that before we even get to policies, we got to start doing the work. Absolutely. Like a lot of people, like, I mean, during this time, you see a lot of people give recommendations, like, what can you do? And they say, well, like, just make changes in policies. Like, well, not everyone's a policymaker. Not everyone can right. sit at that table. So, like, the first thing that you can do is just engage in relationships with people who may be in these vulnerable, vulnerable populations or these marginalized populations. Um, I think that, like, yeah, like, what what Michael said is that if we go, if if we're just comfortable in my West Indianapolis church and that that area over there, if I'm just comfortable in my in my space, and I never want to go, I, I want to turn a blind eye to to the other side of town, then yeah, the, then there's no then there's nothing nothing going to be done. And right. I, we've talked about this time and time again on this podcast, but some of the some of the issues that we have today is just simply because like churches have punted on these issues because they don't want to get their hands dirty. Yep. And the- or they want to get their hands dirty for a week. Right. Yeah. Like they want to do a vacation Bible school or they want to do an outreach or they want to do one thing here or there, but it's more than just that, right? Yeah, gosh, we we I mean we every year this this has been kind of like a telling year because um Every year you see people take trips to Haiti or some some place with a lot of black people and they'll take pictures with the with the kids and they talk about, man, this place was just so run down. We did such a good job here for a week. OK, but then they, they live in the city where like the other side of town. And I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I promise you, it's a lot cheaper to take that drive to the other side of town than it is to try to get to Haiti. You're right. Right. And, and uh, you could probably make relationships that are. Not saying that Haiti is not important, but like you could probably make relationships going to last a, a little bit longer on, in the same town that you live in. And so uh, like this year, especially where you see the pandemic has kind of like exacerbated some of the issues that we have. Um, but now you see uh, you see people who, who have opportunities to, to step in those spaces who still won't step in those spaces and but, mm, I mean, right. Well, that's just my personal observation. No, I, I think you're spot on. I, I think that just kind of being in conversation with uh, some different people around the city, I, I got a chance to meet this guy that's trying to start up um, a very, very small um, school to help. It's, it's not necessarily like a full-time school, but it's like a, a trade school uh, for underprivileged kids to be drone pilots. Um, And so it's a very interesting concept, a very interesting idea. Um, But he's like, there's just people that won't even engage and and they, they think it's a good idea. But when you ask for uh, help with uh, you ask for the opportunity to go and uh, demonstrate or whatever. And, you know, you say, Hey, we, we take donations. We, this, this costs money. These things are important. And, People would be like, "Oh yeah, like yeah, sure, um, yeah, we're we're not uh, in a position at this time to give, but they'll go and give somebody like you said a thousand bucks to go to Haiti, right? And it's like, yeah, that's important. And 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 Haitians like like this, the country of Haiti needs people to come and and invest in those sorts of things. But like one week there, or the fact that you could help change somebody's the the course of somebody's life in your own city." by having that funding there and, you know, and, and again, whether it's at that place or somewhere else, like these are opportunities where we can impact our community. Right. Like, like God calls us to, to love our neighbor. Right. And, and on the last episode of the podcast, I, I mentioned this, you know, like your neighbor, isn't just the one next door, the one in your little neighborhood. It's someone that's three streets over six and 12 streets over and on the other side of town. Right. And across the world as well, you know, um, I think it's an acts where, you know, Judah Samarian to the ends of the earth. Right. Um, nope. But it's important that we're, where we are is our mission field. 
And Michael, I, I think that I love how you said that you see your, your profession, you see your, um, your job as your mission field instead of it really being a job. And I've always kind of felt that way as well um, with what I do. And I think that if more Christians saw not just their profession as their mission field, but their, their area, their city. Um, and when we, when we go to church on Sunday, <clears throat> right. And Devon and I have had this conversation before um, several times is that church is to equip us to go out. Right. Church. Right. Like what we can't do is our churches can't just fill up our little meter. Right. It, it can't just fill up our, ah, I feel good. Now I can go and work this week. Right. No, right. like, like church, like the things that we're learning and the things that we're operating and processing through, they fuel you to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus, right? And we all have opportunity to do that at a higher rate, at a higher clip. Um, and, and it starts with how we manage our home. You know, it starts mm-hmm. with our kids. It starts with our wives. Um, it starts with how we interact with the people that we see most every day. So, I mean, I think that extends out to your job. And then it's, it's got to be more than that, though, right? It, it has to be. And so yeah. what it can you do, you know, again, rhetorically, like what can you do in your neighborhood this week that's going to make a difference? Right. What can you do in your church? What can you do uh, to people, for people that live down the street from you, uh, that live uh, two blocks over or whatever, that's going to make a difference in their life, Right. And uh, some of it can be as simple as um, a donation. It can be as simple as uh, an hour of your time picking something up, you know, whatever it might be, like find ways. There's people out there that are looking for people to help them. Yeah. Like well, go our, find it. And our, our, our pastor used to say this a lot. He hasn't said it in a while, I don't think. But, um, you know, his, his go-to was always like Sunday morning is where you get your marching orders, right? Yeah. So, like, you come to church, you get fed, you get – but your marching orders are to take that now and go <laughs> and go wherever it is that you go. Yeah. Um, you know, so if you are – you know, you shop at Kroger, um, you may be the chaplain at Kroger now. And, and so when you go to shop, when you go to shop and, and do your grocery shopping, like, you're you're there to, to witness to people. You're there to that, – that is your mission field now. Um, you know, so it doesn't have to just be a job. Even, I mean, it could be anything in any aspect of your life that you do on a regular basis. Like God's placed you there for a reason. Um, and that's, so you gotta, you gotta live out that reason. That's good. Cause I mean, it's the difference between calling it a job and a calling like a vocation and a job. And I, and I, and <clears throat> it's good that you brought up Kroger because that's like convicting. Cause I don't know when the last time I, I looked at Kroger as my, my, my mission field. <laughs> and so next time, if I, when I, whenever I go shopping, I go to the store, I, I, I think of, Okay, this is this is a mission because I'm so antisocial. I get like in the place. I just, just want to get in and get out. I don't. I don't want. <laughs> but now I may and, spend and, a little bit. I may spend a little bit longer looking for my cereal this week. And, <laughs> and, and it's simple too, right? It's as simple as a hi. How are you? I hope you're having a good day. I hope you have a good weekend. All the way, you know. I, I think that's where it starts. And so, you know, another thing. Let me uh, shout out in campaign one more time, right quick. <laughs> um. I'm not getting paid for this endorsement, but if y'all want to, the, think, the book's yeah, open. You think <laughs> the shouts them out at least once a week. Because, man, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 such, a, it's such a good uh, resource. But I, I think that they said something that really impacted me, and I, I think it's a good way for us to close as we think through this, is I, I'd urge everyone to be careful when you're engaging in conversation and when you're doing things that could potentially harm your witness, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think something that, you know, When we become passionate about certain issues, when we become um, enthralled and and engulfed by certain things, we have a tendency. And when I say we, I'm like, let me just say, Dave, me, uh, like I have a tendency to, you know, just become overly emotional. And what can happen is, is, you know, I might say something that that turns someone away when I could have an opportunity to just stop myself and say, hey, look, like we may disagree but, like, let me at least tell you where I'm at and, like, I'm going to love you no matter what. And let me tell you why, right? Let me tell you that, you know, like, the Lord calls me to, to show you grace. And, like, I'm going to do that. And he showed me so much grace. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's just so important that, um, as I said earlier, when we become so one-sided on one thing or the other, 
And, uh, you know, I think specifically social media with the, with the fact that everybody's at still kind of at home in their own space is that social media has become such a platform for hate and it really harms witness. And so it's hard when you are constantly spewing hate, when you go to try to show some love, when you go to try to have a space of witness, people aren't listening because they've already tuned you out. Fact. Yep. Right. And I think it's so, and, and, and the reason that this got brought up on the end campaign, because they were talking about the last presidential election in the sense that people became such staunch Trump supporters that whenever they started talking about their faith, a lot of people that were hesitant towards Trump tuned them out. Right. And so it don't matter what you had to say at this point, because I, I can't, I can't hear you because you've been so loud in support of somebody that I, I can't get down with. Right. And, and I, I think that's just, that's one thing that that's the example that came up on the podcast, but like you could call it whatever you want. It, it happens on the other side of the political spectrum. You're, you're so for this candidate. So that means you must be for abortion. So I'm going to tune you out. Anything you have to say doesn't matter to me. Right. right. And I think we have such a tendency to say things that, that tune people out and that people silence us or mute us. And it harms our witness, right? And so it's so important that you, you try to get into a space of, hey, look, like, here's where I'm at. But, like, I, I don't ever want you to think that I don't love you because I, I think this certain thing. So let me just clear that up, right? So, um, you know, I, I had a posted a status yesterday and kind of gotten this back and forth with somebody. And at the end, I, I just was like, hey, man, here's where I'm at. Like, I appreciate the conversation. Like, I, you know, I want you to know you're welcome here at any time. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I, I just urge people to have spaces where they don't harm their, their witness in that. Yeah. And, Dev, I would, I would much rather listen to Dave talk about the and campaign than talk about how great LeBron is. So, oh, um, yes. Yeah. Do, do you have a prediction for who's going to be in a championship this year? Me? Uh, no, not even a clue. Um, <laughs> I was not I, LeBron. Yeah, no, I, I would root for anybody but LeBron. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you have to understand, like, as a Pacers fan, like, when he was in the same conference, like, it was, yeah, like, we got. That's fair. I mean, it was it was rough. Um, I, I, have, I hate to admit it, but I'm not a huge, like, professional basketball fan. Um, like, I was, I was a real, like, we were, we, I used to watch Pacers games all the time with my dad and all that. And honestly, like, when the brawl happened up in Detroit, like, it kind of turned me off on that whole thing. So I'm slowly coming back to it. And I know that's been like several years ago, um, but I'm, I'm slowly coming back. And I will say like the, the game I watched last weekend between Lakers and the Pacers, like that was the most fun I've had watching a basketball game in a long time. The bubble's so, been really fun to watch. It, it has been like, it just, I mean, very good ball. I mean, very clean. Um, you know, I, just, it, I liked it. Like so. I know it's not possible to do this every year, but if there was a, if there was a way that we could just, Give players like a break for every every year, and then put them all in the same hotel so they get so irritated with each other. <laughs> like playoff time, and then they just play a lot harder. I mean, I would, I would love it. They've almost made like the break almost worth it that they've had. Yeah, because they've been playing so well. Because you know, you see people who are just like just so tired by the time they get to playoffs every year. This has been great. And then, uh, listen, the mouse in the palace changed my life. I. That was one of those like moments that I I will remember forever as a kid in sport. <laughs> um, I like just a real quick story. So I came back from a middle school dance, and uh, I was sitting, and you know my dad he's from Indiana, and so we watched a lot of the Pacers games. This is when Reggie Miller was there, and they had a really good team that year. So I mean, this was supposed to be a good year for the Pacers. They really could have contended to come out of the East. Then I see this. I see this foul. Ben Wallace pushes Ron Artest, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm I'm just a kid, so I'm just I'm paying attention, just not not that much. But then I see like Ron Artest go into the stands, and I'm thinking like, oh, is this a commercial? Like, what is going? <laughs> like, what? Like, I've never seen this commercial before. And then I mean, lo and behold, this craziness, craziness ensued. Just just blew my mind. Yeah, you know what's just, funny is I, this is not the first time we talked about Malice in the Palace on the podcast. <laughs> it's I, never uh, been brought up before. 
I just remember I was in the the other room actually doing homework or something, and my dad was in the my my parents have like a sunroom, um, so it's like a they added it onto the house or whatnot. But he's out there watching the basketball game, and I just hear him go, "What in the world is going on? What what are they doing?" And I like went out there and I'm like, "What what are you yelling at the TV for?" And he's like, "Watch this!" And I I was just floored. Like I just I had never seen grown men act like that. So yeah. it was just it was <laughs> I have was weird. Se- I've seen it, but it's been in like yeah. parks and it's been in like intramural leagues. I I couldn't have yeah. never imagined. You know what kind of guts you gotta be to be a fan to get on the stage uh, to get on the court <laughs> and square up with Ron Artest. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like you yeah. gotta be some kind of special type of crazy. <laughs> just like you like you go from one second like I'm cheering on my team to second to next second like I'm about to fight Ron Artest. Yeah, like this is about to go down. And I would have immediately regretted man. that decision as soon as I became like within my social distance. As soon as I broke social distance with Ron Artest, I was like, "This is a bad decision." Terrible idea. I just, uh, a couple years ago, I was playing um, NBA 2K or one of the the video games or whatnot, and they had like the All Star Pacer team. Yeah, like Pacers from all the. So I had like Rick Smiths on there, and you know the the uh, Davis. Anthony Davis, Dale Davis, um, you know, and then I'm, I'm flipping through. I'm like, where is Reggie? Like, Reggie's not on here. Like, he is the quintessential pacer. Yeah, he is the and pacer. then, and then I, I I scrolled on and they had Paul George. I'm like, really? And then Ron Artest. I'm like, you have two guys on there that like messed our team over. I don't I don't get that. But okay, whatever. Reg, 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 <laughs> Reggie doesn't make. There's got to be some kind of money reason. I, I oh, absolutely. He, uh, yeah, yeah, he doesn't make the he, uh, doesn't make the big bucks on that one. Yeah, I don't think he allows the NBA to use his um his likeness in any of the games or anything. Yeah. So, so you were a Pacers fan uh, when Reggie Miller was going off on Spike Lee. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I remember reading up at my grandparents' house. Um, like my uncles and aunts, like we would all sit and watch like the series and whatnot. And you know, I just remember him looking at, <laughs> looking over at Spike Lee with the choke symbol. Like, <laughs> on his throat. Yeah. It was, it was, that was a good time to be a Pacers fan. So like, me being a, fun... a little kid, like, you know, I, I used to watch highlights of Reggie Miller. I used to love him. Cause I, cause I lived in Indiana for the first 10 years of my life. And I remember just loving that choke symbol. And I like, I threw that up in, in a game one time. <laughs> Like I made a shot and I threw it up. My dad, oh my gosh, I thought he was gonna just kill me after. Like, what are you doing? Like telling somebody, like, what you, it's, it's the first quarter. What are you doing? <laughs> so one last thing, I, I promise I won't talk forever. But uh, Rick Smith was like that was he Ryan was my guy. Dutchman. Like, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you know, flash forward twenty some years later. Uh, one of my, I was a, the youth pastor at our church for a while. And one of the, the girls that I, like, she was in my youth group. Um, her dad is best friends with Rick Smith. Oh, wow. Um, so like when Rick got drafted um, and came to Indianapolis, her dad came with him because Rick was like, I don't want to go out there by myself. I don't know anybody. Um, and so he's like, I, I'll go to Indianapolis. I got nothing better to do. Um, and so then like I, I performed their, their, her wedding um a few years ago and i'm I'm standing up there and i'm you know i'm kind of nervous it's like the second wedding i've ever done and i i look out and rick smith is standing there like you can't not miss rick smith because he's you know a giant of a man so i got a little bit more nervous because i'm like my all-time favorite player is sitting <laughs> in the audience as i'm getting ready to perform a ceremony so You're performing this yeah. in front of in front of god and in front of the people <laughs> and then to make it even the- worse and rick smith <laughs> Yep. Yep. Before so, God and all these people and Rick Smith. <laughs> yeah, Rick Smith. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I got a picture with him, he and I uh, after the thing, and you know, it just makes me look like a midget. Like it's just, it's a really funny picture. So, so, so real quick, I, I got one more thing to add to. I'm sorry. I, I was You're thinking fine. about Par- I was thinking about Parks and Rec and uh, <laughs> how they <laughs> how they have Roy Hibbert on the uh, Entertainment 720, like he's in there just like dunking basketballs and. I get deadlift shrimp and <laughs> and all I could think about was that like that's that's my picture of uh, what Indianapolis or what Indiana was before I moved here was uh, Parks and Rec Pawnee shout out. <laughs> uh, well, you know this has been an awesome podcast, Michael. Thank you so much for being on, man. I, hey, I, you are welcome. Thanks for having me. 
I appreciate all our conversations. Um, and, and now we have one that's recorded, so it'll never, there you go. It'll never go away. Um, it'll live on <laughs> forever in infamy. <laughs> that's right. Well, we appreciate you, man. And we, uh, look forward to, to having you on again soon. Maybe, uh, we can have some retrospective conversation later about how school went and yeah. uh, ho- hopefully the conversations are of improvement and not of anything, uh, else happening um but uh looking forward to that and, and our continued friendship growing and you know uh, it Devin, as always man appreciate you and 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 our conversations together and thanks everybody for listening you guys have a great week all right peace peace <laughs>